Hello and welcome to Twin Talk. This is Angie and I'm here with my sister Joy and we are here at my house and our dogs are surrounding us so if you hear any strange noises just assume it's our dogs, right? We're getting ready to talk about a book that Joy has not read and I have and it's called Golf's Sacred Journey, Seven Days at the Links of Utopia by David L. Cook. PhD. <laughs> smart, oh, smart, smart guy. guy. <laughs> yeah. So it was written in 2006 and it is 154 pages. It's not a very long book. So the back cover reads, you never really know when you might meet someone who will change your life. More importantly, you never know when your influence might change another life. This book is about influence. It is about a man who lived in a simple place but had extraordinary insight. He also had something else on his side. He had time to invest himself in the life of another who was lost on his journey. This story is based on the thousands of athletes and performers Dr. Cook has counseled and, and great mentors and teachers from whom he has learned. He has compressed his 20-plus years of peak performance coaching into a story of two fictional characters, a Texas rancher with a passion for teaching truth and a young golf professional at the end of his rope. They represent each of us in the various stages of growth. In life, we must be willing to coach and be coached. Either one alone will leave us empty. Okay, so that was that's the back cover or the back jacket of the book. And the way I discovered this book, well, first let me mention that my daughter does play golf. I, I know nothing about golf. Would you say the same, basically? Yeah, I know about mm, very, very little about golf. Right, and so my daughter started playing about two years ago, and I will say I have learned a lot since she started playing, but I would still, if you were to ask me about my knowledge of golf, I would say next to little, because I really, there's a lot more to it than what most people realize. So anyway, uh, my brother-in-law, he told my husband one day that we should watch this movie called Seven Days in Utopia, and he was talking about how good it was. Well, then one day, not long after that, I was listening to a podcast and it just so happened that my brother-in-law was leading the podcast because, well, he's the first cowboy at Oklahoma State University. And he was interviewing Mike Gundy, who, Mike Gundy, I'm sorry, who is the head football coach at OSU, right? Right. And so during the conversation, this movie comes up, Seven Days in Utopia. And they're both going on and on about how good this movie is okay. and how it has this great message. Because they were given the movie such a plug... I started wondering about the book because, you know, where there's a movie, there's a book. Where there's right. a book, there's a movie. So I ordered the book and I read it and it was it was pretty quick read. I will say this. It does have an interesting plot. So um, real quick before you get going. Yeah. So it's fiction. Yes. But it's based on the guy that wrote it. Is he the one that counseled so many people? Yes. And in, in real life, he is actually a coach and a mentor and he has coach they said hundreds of professional golf players okay. on the mostly on the mental aspect of the game right and so he took all this experience and all these players that he's that he has coached mm -hmm. or dealt with and he basically just put a lot of their his experiences mm -hmm. into this book and created these two fictional characters gotcha. kind of so represent just took different aspects of different people and different stories and put them all into one story that's the way i understand it yeah and it's interesting that you said he talked about he teaches the mental aspect because uh, rick Hotney, we go to church with him and he used to be a professional baseball player and he was saying 
or I guess he almost made it to the pros before he got hurt. But anyway, he was saying that golf is so much harder than baseball. And I said, well, Mm. what makes it harder? He said it's harder than any sport he's ever played because it's so mentally tough. He said you have to be so mentally tough to play to be a good golfer. I agree. And so, like, you and I grew up playing basketball and softball. And so, I remember the first time I ever played golf, I was thinking, well, how hard can this be? And, boy, <laughs> was I in for a rude awakening. Mm-hmm. It's, and, I, and I tell to this day, when I talk to people about playing sports, I tell them golf is the hardest game I've ever played mm-hmm. in my life. I mean, I am horrible at it. And I thought, oh, well, I'm coordinated. You know, I used to be fairly athletic. Even though I'm older now, I mm-hmm. thought, well, I can do this. But it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. And what's funny is this book is so much about the mental aspect of golf. So basically, here, here's the book. It's about this semi-pro golf player. And he is this close to making it into this final winning. He's about to win this final tournament. And when he does, he's going to be on the tour. Now, wow. I'm not sure if they're talking about, from what I understand, there's several tours in pro golf. I All my golf knowledge comes from Happy wrong. Gilmore, if that tells you anything. Well, we can okay. edit out yeah. everything stupid we say about golf. Okay. You're right. Sounds... Happy Gilmore taught me everything I know about golf. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so, okay, so this the story actually does have an interesting plot. It's about this semi-pro golfer who blows his final round of golf just as he was about to make the PGA Tour. Okay, so he's like semi-pro, getting ready to go pro. He's embarrassed. He shoots like a 12 on one hole. Well, if you don't know anything about golf, that's horrible. I know enough to know that's bad. Yes, that's very bad. <laughs> okay. So he shoots a 12 on one hole, and he basically just leaves the course, and he wants to go and hide away from the world because he's mad. He's embarrassed. He gets in his car. He storms off. And as he's just driving out in the middle of nowhere, just trying to cool off, he comes to this crossroad, and he sees a sign and it has and it has an arrow point in one way and an arrow point in the other <laughs> in one way it says utopia and the other one said something like i've already forgotten but it was a this pla- is texas it's a place in texas Love it. and anyway of course he picks <laughs> utopia and he quickly sees that he's in the middle of nowhere in texas and he and as he's driving he, you know as he's driving toward utopia he sees a sign for a golf course so he goes to investigate, and what he finds is this sad little course. The driving range is literally a goat pasture. There's a barbed wire fence around it, and the balls are really old, and they're dirty, and there's a sign in a bucket, and it says, Donations Welcome, and, and there's nobody inside, and he's literally going, is this a joke, you know? Mm-hmm. And so any, anyway, eventually this cowboy rides up on a tractor or a horse. I can't remember because... In the movie, it seems like it's one way, and in the book, it's another. Right. But anyway, so he figures out this rancher rides up, and he figures out real quick, quickly that this young golfer is having a life crisis. And he tells him, he says, look, I, I see you, you're having a tough time. I tell you what, if you'll give me one week of your life here in your utopia, I will improve your game, and you will be on a whole new level of play. One year? No, one week. Did I say year? Oh, no, one week. I don't know. You may have. He says one week of your life. So the young golfer, he agrees. And, you know, he's like, what do I have to lose? Right. He's, so he agrees. And throughout the week, this rancher teaches him lessons in these unconventional ways. So think like Karate Kid. <laughs> wax on. Wax on. Wax, wax off. off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so all the while, all the while he's teaching him about the game of golf. He's doing these unconventional methods and he's giving him little nuggets of insights so and wisdom. Mr. Miyagi of golf. <laughs> yes, yes. Right. So, so at the end of the week, 
Not only has the young golfer learned about the game of golf, but what is really important in life. What is really important so in that's, life. So that's kind of the basis for the book. Well, we'll kind of talk about that a little bit more because we're going to get to that kind of... I don't really want to do too much of a spoiler for people mm-hmm. who actually want to read this. The strengths of the book are it is very positive. Okay, It's got a very, very positive message. Sometimes it does make you think outside the box. The rancher, he spent a lot of time talking about the mental aspects of the game. And one of my favorite parts was he asked this young golfer, and I'm sorry I'm calling him this young golfer because I don't remember if they ever said his name in the book. They had to have, but I don't remember his name. Anyway, he asked him. We'll just call him 12 Hole. 12 Hole, right, right. So, I don't know. It was really funny, but like I said, one of my favorite parts was he he said, I want to see you hit some balls. So, he starts hitting some balls, and he kind of sits there for a minute, and he goes, why do you hold the the club the way you do? And he sits there and he goes, I don't know. It's comfortable. I've always held it like that. And he goes, well, I want you to go write down exactly why you hold the club like you do. Okay. And so he spends like an hour and he's like, well, I remember as a kid I held it this way because this such and such golfer did it that mm-hmm. way. And then I saw where so-and-so golfer, this professional golfer, he turned his thumb a little bit to the right. So I mm-hmm. tweaked my swing. And then I realized. It's just like the uh, baseball. I'll see the high school kids doing the same batting stance as their hero or whatever. Have you ever noticed that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So he goes in this lengthy, lengthy paragraph about how his uh, grip evolved and all this. Anyway, he goes back like the next day and he gives the rancher his piece of paper of why he holds the club the way he holds And the, the rancher goes, Son, I don't really care what how you <laughs> hold your club. He goes, I just want you to know why you hold your club that way. <laughs> like that. And his point That's was funny. his point was someone can make an offhanded remark to you mm-hmm. and make you question yourself. Mm-hmm. And he goes, it, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, as long as you know why right. you do it and you know why it works, that was the point. Oh, so it was that's deep. Yes, I, I thought like it was that. it was really funny. And then know thyself. And then the rancher basically helped him find the joy in golf again. Because when he was a kid, he had a lot of fun playing golf. Well, kind of, sort of. In the movie, they make it look like his dad was just over the top, like, making him practice and, you know, like, never letting him have a break, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he In the movie, the dad is portrayed as, like, really relentless. And, like, one scene that really struck me in the movie it was really sad was it's getting real dark out there in the past it reminded me of us growing up like us out it's getting late and, mm-hmm. you know we can barely see that we're out there playing catch or something mm-hmm. and he's like dad can we go in and his dad kept saying just hit one more good one son just hit one more good Aww. one and he was really tired and it was just that just that's really funny that does bring back childhood memories i remember being cold and you can't even feel your hands but we would we would stay out there until it's dark and we'd be playing catch with the softball or whatever until we literally can't see the ball, you know? Yes. It does bring back good memories, though. So, anyway, his teaching methods, they were interesting. Like I said, I, I don't want to give away the best parts of the book because, to me, the best parts was the different methods he used to teach him. But let's just say this. They, some of his methods involved fly fishing, and he had to fly a plane one day, and then one day he had him paint a picture. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Yeah, so, and the book is told... 100% through a Christian perspective. So that was one reason oh, I liked that's it. Cool. Yeah, it's a Christian perspective. So this PhD guy is a Christian. Sorry, I've already forgotten his name. David Cook. David yeah. Cook yeah. is a Christian. Yes. Okay. And it's unashamedly And that's one thing I like about it. Is a lot of times when people do Christian books, they kind of tiptoe around mm-hmm. uh, like biblical truths, but, yeah. but not this guy. He's unashamed. He's calling people in this book to place their trust in, in Christ and not things of the world. One of the 
best parts of the book that was about identity. You and I have talked about this several times on our podcast about identity and how athletes are often deceived in believing that their score defines their worth and that they're only as good as their last game. Mm -hmm. And he talks a lot about how you're trying to live up to this perfection in a game. And he said, even if you do really, really good, you're never going to be satisfied. Well, can I interject here? Yeah, please. Because I just saw, it was one of those real quick video clips that go through uh, YouTube or whatever, but it was Tom Brady. Oh. And it was a Mm. while back, I think before his divorce and everything, but the interviewer was asking him, you know, so once you hit that third Super Bowl ring or whatever, he goes, did you feel fulfilled? Did you feel, he's like, he goes, no, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. He goes, and I don't know how many he has total. Is it like seven? It was some crazy number. But anyway, you know, and a lot of people say he's one of the best quarterbacks. He'll go down in history as one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Mm -hmm. But in that interview, you know what he said? He said, no, I, I think it was after the third or fourth ring. He was like, is this all there is? I don't feel fulfilled. I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. He goes, this can't be it. There has mm-hmm. to be more. And the interviewer goes, well, what? What else What else would make you happy? And he said, man, I wish I knew. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because I wanted to read this paragraph anyway, and it goes along with that. It's, this is on page 124 of the book. There was a pause for, for reflection for both of us. Son, he said, you are well on your way to living a life controlled by a score. Let me let you in on a little secret. Life in the end will be measured by significance, not a golf score. Significance will be defined by your character, relationships, values, virtues, and faith, not by a golf score. The book I am holding, he was holding a Bible, reveals that we will all stand before our maker someday and give an account of our life. It goes on to say that all the insignificant wood, hay, and stubble of our lives will be consumed by fire, revealing the significant, costly metal and precious stones that remain unscathed by fire. It looks to me that you are well on your way to a bonfire of insignificance. Yeah, like you said, it's sad, though, that so many people are searching for identity through sports and purpose. Fame, well, not sports, there. popularity, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, the book's weaknesses. So that was its strengths. I love that it was a Christian perspective, and it was very positive. But to me, the weaknesses of the book, and you you may think, by the way, I'm talking I like the book. And I do like some of it. As a whole, I just wasn't crazy about the book. And one of the reasons was there was way too much golf terminology. Well, that's my question. Yeah. If it had been a different sport mm-hmm. that you enjoy, like basketball or softball or something, would it have? Would you have enjoyed the book more if all the terminology and all the uh, analogies and stuff I, had been with a different sport? I'm be honest with you. I don't think so. And I've given this some thought before. I've never read a sports book that I like because no matter what sport it is, you have to talk about terminology. And I'm just not a terminology type of person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about... Look, can I just give you an example yeah. real quick? Okay, this is on page 40. The second major transformation in my grip came when I heard an old eccentric tour pro contradict classical logic when discussing the placement of the club in the left hand. He taught to hold the club in the fingers of your left hand with the club perpendicular to your fingers lined up with the crease marks made by the underside of the knuckles. I had spent all my (laughs) life golfing with the club angling across my palm, matching my lifeline crease, not my knuckle crease. I'm I'm almost done. When I made this change, it was easy for me to hinge the club at the top. I had never been able to hinge the club before. The new grip was like magic. It was simple to set the club at the top. 
Okay, perfect. I get he's done. it. You get it? I get okay. it. So it's technical. Oh, my gosh. We don't want to hear yes. the technical. And he would talk about talk. it was I a draw. It. it was a lie. It was a lay. It was this, there are six type of swings. So There's someone six. who's really into golf. Yes. And really loves the the tech the technical part of it, you know, and all that. They're really, really into it. They're probably going to eat all that stuff up. Yes. Yes, thank you. You kind of took the words out of my okay, mouth. Though, as non-golfers, as non-golfers who, we're cringing. We're cringing. After I read the book, I started thinking, okay, I'm doing a podcast over this book. Am I going to recommend it? And if so, to who? The answer for that is, for the very first time in my life, <laughs> this is like, I'm making history here on Twin Talk, okay? I am going to recommend a book to men. Okay. Oh, right, I'm right. going to recommend this book to men, to men who actually read. Now, there's a lot of men out there who do not read. So you guys out there, if, if any, if we have any male listeners, uh, who knows, this book's for you. Maybe if you like golf. Okay. So you think male and what about women who like golf? I don't know. I can tell you this though. In the beginning of the book, you know how they always have all of these friends and mm-hmm. people and famous people that write gushing reviews and Oh my gosh, it's full of famous golfers. And this book changed my life. Really? This book changed my golf game. If I had a fire in my house, this is the book I would grab. Really? Oh my gosh. Every <laughs> one of them were gushing. And a lot of them, like I said, were professional golf players or they were well-known Christian leaders. Okay. Right. So that was one reason I wanted to read it too. Because right. I was reading all these gushing reviews by these men. And after I got through reading it, I'm like, okay, y'all can have it. Aww. Because it's obviously a book for men. Or golfers. You keep saying men, but I'm there sorry. are women who are just as avid I need to be men. more specific. I don't even know, Joy. Yeah, I guess women could like it but i really think it had to be a very small niche it'd be men golfers all right gotcha. and but particularly professional golfers and that's right. mostly who gave the book thumbs up let's close i give the book three links uh, <laughs> okay i do recommend the movie the movie is on like now, is that robert duvall plays the wise yes, coach the robert duvall plays the the coach slash rancher mm-hmm. and then do you remember the kid from sling blade that talked real talked real country are you talking about billy bob thornton yeah but the kid oh yeah 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 I he, do. he's grown of course he's all grown up now he is the golfer oh. he, and he still has that thick thick country country accent right and he's the main character so in where it. do i watch it um, is it on netflix or what it was on like it's something that you have because we were like how are we going to watch this and cambry said i have a choice password to this right. <laughs> it's one of the whatever y'all get and um anyway i can't I'll, I don't know. I'll have to try to remember, and I can put that in the notes where you can watch the All movie. Because right. I don't remember. Sounds but good. anyway, the movie is actually pretty good. It's very family I friendly. I watch it tonight, maybe. Well, I'm. Thinking. I have to say it's a little cheesy. Of course, but yeah. it's okay. I would still watch it. That's all I had to say. I mean, I wish I could recommend the book more highly to everyone. But like I said, I really feel like it's more for just guys who love golf. But I do recommend the movie to everyone. It's actually got some pretty funny places in it. You got anything else you want to say before we... I have a lot to learn about golf. I do want to say real quickly that Joy and I are hoping if we can find time, we want to do some... You know, we have a Christmas book that we talked about two years ago and it has lots of great little stories in it and we love this book and we want to just talk about some of the traditions of Christmas and we're hoping to do some bonus episodes for December so be watching for that we hope all right thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time on twin Twin talk Talk.